windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Thursday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, another great edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. A lot of notes we'll talk about today around the Southern Conference. They're off to what is a great start around the league. Some great team numbers, some obviously rankings where they are, and we'll also talk about some individual performances, which are quite stunning so far, and some uh, Fletcher McGee stats, which are just laughable. I mean, just... uh, Fletcher continuing to be Fletcher and some of the records that he's going to be crushed. And uh, a couple of individual performances we'll talk about, just some guards in the SOCOM putting up gaudy numbers uh, up at VMI. Bubba Parham, four 30-point outbursts. Jordan Lyons had a 54-point outburst himself. So we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. But the college basketball season in full swing. And before we jump into that, one quick note uh, on the FCF side of things, on the football side, J.J. German, Mike, uh, a finalist for one of the top uh, – he's one of the top ten finalists for kicker of the year. Yeah, the Fred Mitchell Award, and I think you and me have continuously said that J.J. German is the top place kicker in the Southern Conference, certainly, but I think this really does recognize our larger point that he has been, and I think throughout his entire career, especially the last number of seasons, two, three years, has been one of the top, if not the top, in the FCS, 19-23 to this year on field goals, 33 of 33 on extra points. Just the fact that, and this is, I think, the tough part for a lot of FCS kickers, so you really do narrow the field just on this basis alone. Just the fact that he's trusted enough to go out and kick the football 23 times for field goals. I think a lot of the numbers you'll see around the Southern Conference and around the FCS as a whole for field goal attempts for a kicker on a season can range anywhere from, you know, four or five up to, you know, 10 or 12. But J.J. German is pretty much, it seems, automatic from 50 and in. And then we've even seen him make a couple of 50-yard field goals um, and 50-plus-yard field goals over the 2017-2018 season. Certainly since I've been here, I don't remember what his Uh, Long was before uh, 2017, but the second half of his career has been absolutely lights out. It's been a very solid progression, and I still think, and maybe we can get him on the show now that the season's over, get him on the show to talk about this, if he is preparing for any combine-style activities, anything where he could go on to play at the next level. And, hey, even with the now abundance of football leagues in this country, with the AAF coming along and starting – their run is oh, yeah. hopefully long run as a quote-unquote minor league. That's what they've said they'd want to be. They don't want to compete with the NFL. They want to be a quote-unquote minor league to the NFL. A feeder program, Yeah, right? you've, you've got – yeah, I'm sure they don't want to use the term minor league. Right. But, yeah, you've, you've got that that J.J., if he can't make, the NFL could go to. And then you've got uh, the XFL, which is, you know, still – about a year or so away, a year and a half away from launching, but uh, more opportunities. And I think that's really awesome for guys like J.J., um, guys like even, uh, you know, Jared Folks. Uh, perhaps, uh, I know Dylan Weigel probably doesn't project as that, you know, NFL body type guy that you're going to look at and be like, oh, that's a professional football player. But guys that have done a lot on the football field maybe don't have the measurables, but definitely have the stats and the production to back it up. Jared Folks now has really both. Uh, I think he looks like the type of guy that would go be a professional football player, and he's uh, been very productive for ETSU and his career coming over from Temple. So a lot of opportunities out there, and it's good to see J.J. get recognized because you and me have both said for quite some time now that he certainly deserves it. Yeah, and, and you look at uh, what he's meant to the program for four years. How many wins uh, has he accounted for or the margin of victory 
you know, if, if, if even the Citadel game, right? I mean, it was uh, the the ceiling. Uh, the sealer was the interception return for a touchdown, but he kicked three first half field goals, then he kicked a field goal to put the Bucks up, which led to the interception return for a touchdown. I mean, it's just so many different things you could look at where J.J. German was a difference maker for ETSU. And I, I know it sounds a little bit homerish because we've been uh, talking about how we thought he was the best in the nation. Now he's getting his just due. And I remember watching, and, and I covered the XFL in its first go-run when I was went, uh, uh, in Ocala. We covered Orlando Rage. Uh, it was only about 45 minutes from there. I can picture that. You and the It was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was unbelievable, a, a good time. And they were begging. I, when I sent my credential, when I told my boss, I said, hey, I'm going to cover – um, you know, the XFL for the station. Is that another you cool with that? And the guy looked at me and said, I, I don't know what that is. He was a older gentleman that owned horses and was more concerned about a noon horse racing show at the radio station than anything else. Or an equestrian guy. Oh, sure. absolutely. And, and uh, matter of fact, his stables were right next door to George Steinbrenner's. That, wow. that shows you where that was. So we, we called over there, and sure enough, man, they were ecstatic. I had a seat in the press box. I had a field pass. We walked out on the field. Very first game was at Orlando. My my personal favorite moment was the simple fact that they they did that weird like race to the ball, yes. and yes. the guy separated his shoulder and was out <laughs> for the year on the opening thing. So I, I, I say that in just, but there was actually an ETSU player that was on the Chicago team, uh, which was Curtis Enos, who was a defensive tackle at ETSU. So I got to talk to Curtis, who actually used to live next door to me at Davis Apartment. So I got a chance to talk to him. Cover Jonathan Coachman was standing next to us almost the entirety of the game. He was it's funny. He's even asking for a couple of tips for me and a couple of the guys. Hey, what, what should I ask? Uh, um, uh, Galen Hall right here, the former Florida coach, and this, that, and others. We were having a good time with that. But I, I, the one thing that came from it was players actually got a shot, right? Yeah. They were able to prove, and, and one uh, position in particular were kickers. There were two kickers in the XFL that ended up getting deals yep. with NFL teams the next year. So that being said, to your point, as I circle back, J.J. Uh, German, if he could play one, if he's not good enough to, to get a shot on an NFL roster preseason, where now they got 90 expanded. So where they used to not maybe bring in a second kicker, now teams are starting to bring in a second kicker just to, if nothing else, update an emergency list down the road if they've got an incumbent. This, that, and other. You never know if a guy gets the yips. We've seen uh, kickers cut in the middle of this season. But J.J. German, if he doesn't get a chance uh, at an NFL preseason roster, he's got a chance to play in one of those two leagues and maybe prove himself into that. And I think the Southern Conference also well represented a lot of these um, uh, postseason awards, the Walter Payton Award, right? Goes to the best offensive player in all of FCS. And uh, three quarterbacks, no shock that just like the Heisman Trophy, no shock they're all quarterbacks now. But the three guys in it, Devlin Hodges, Southern Conference, obviously uh, representing Sanford. He's the all-time leading passer in the history of FCS. Then you've got Kennesaw State's quarterback Chandler Burks. And then Easton Stick, one of the best names in the wrong sport that you ever see at North Dakota State's the third quarterback. And so those three guys and Easton Stick may even be playing. And, and I guess Chandler Brooks has a shot, too. He's still in the playoffs. But that's in Frisco, Texas, the night before the championship games. Is that award ceremony? So Devlin Hodges gets a chance. Hopefully J.J. German's a finalist because then he would be in Frisco, Texas, to, to get a chance. And they still haven't announced some finalists uh, where they get it down to about three or four people to bring into Frisco for the award ceremony. But good to see that the – that the league is is getting the the notoriety that it is, and certainly, uh, selfishly, that JJ German has a chance to, to pick up a national award. We're going to have Austin Herrick back on the show tomorrow for the route tree. He was taking a week to get away from ETSU and football and everything. I was on uh, vacation oh, last week, so we weren't able to get him on uh, for the route tree. But going to have him back, and I think that's a question I'd like to ask him. You know, now that the season's over, guys can kind of look on to next ventures and see what's ahead for everybody not only what's coming up for him uh but as well as some of the other guys he's talked to and that's one of the nice things about place kicking as well i think and jj will be able to speak to this better of course but there's not a lot that's going to change from level to level on place kicking right at least compared to other positions when you're talking offensive linemen well you're they're going to get bigger uh, generally, just very overarchingly as you go up the ladder. And once you get to the FBS level, everybody's probably about, you know, 6'5", 6'6", 310, 320 pounds. Um, wide receivers are going to be faster, bigger. Uh, running backs going to have a little bit more agility, cut, you know, whatever, or they're just huge and can run you over. But place kickers, aside from environment, now that's the one thing where I think that uh, when – being such a mental part of the game as it is, place kicking, uh, much like I, I think, this is what I kind of compare it to, is making a really big pressure putt, you know, in, in a tournament in front of many different people. Now, if 
you're at the FCS level, you're not going to have the same type of environment more often than not than you do at the FBS level. So that mental side of the game is magnified. Uh, it's really put under the microscope when you get to the 50, 60, 70, 80,000 person stadiums. Now, JJ, of course, played at Neyland earlier this year, and ETSU has made played. Made goal. Yep, and, and, has made, and has played in some big environments just in general. You know, James Madison, where there are 25,000 people there. But I think that would be the one thing that he may have to adjust to, and who knows what the AAF crowds will be like. I'm not sure if they'll uh, be huge either. But uh, And, you know, you look, you look at it, and, and kickers are, are a little bit of a different position, and, and it's even harder to get a spot on a ra- uh, on a roster, but Adam Vinatieri kicked at Idaho. Right. I, I mean, so, so there, there there are guys that, that have kicked at, at maybe not known universities, and you do have some. Obviously, Sebastian Janikowski was uh, the, the last first-round pick for a kicker was out of Florida State and you know you you have guys that kicked at schools known schools or people this but Mike Nugent Ohio State oh yeah oh yeah and the the, the, all the Grammatica brothers right from Kansas State and all that so I mean they had guys with uh uh with named schools but there are enough kickers if you go around the league and look that played at not so high profile schools and so i mean there's two kickers in the league from memphis and i don't think anybody when they think power football kicker, you. kicker yeah, yeah you don't you don't think memphis is the spot where where those guys are playing or college football so so the good news for jj is is there's not necessarily stare and and kickers more than anything right it is very much driven on results because they just cut and sign new guys yeah. left and right i yeah. mean there's no backup that's the one issue with that position, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time, like like quarterbacks, people are transferring because one guy can get on the field. If you're a D tackle, there's a couple guys on the field, right? And they're rotating four or five. And if you're a receiver, there there's multiple receivers on the field. They're rotating. And when you are a quarterback, there's one guy. When you're a kicker, generally, there's one person. And on the NFL roster, there are multiple quarterbacks on the roster, even on the scout team. There is no multiple kickers even on the scout team. It is one kicker. And and that is all that they do. So it's hard to get that opportunity more than any other position. But in the same token, they are turning over those positions, and they don't care what school. It's the one thing where most of those guys aren't drafted, so they don't care. It's do you make this kick and where are you from? And it will be, I think, for J.J., something where you look at the amount of kickers that are reliable and entrenched in their positions in the world at the highest level, it's like 20. So there's going to be, you know, five, ten NFL teams at the bottom of the, you know, kicker heap that don't have one of those 20 guys that are just rotating guys through. You saw the, my Vikings, you know, cut Daniel Carlson after drafting him two weeks into the season. I mean, it's crazy. So you do have a chance to go out and do that. Now, J.J., with distance, you know, that'll be something I think will be interesting to see if he can consistently show that he can hit the 55-yarder, you know, get five or six of those and – I think the teams will be like, wow, you know, I'm not sure he hasn't done that in games so much. And he hasn't been given the chance in games. We've seen him on Twitter make 60 foot, 60 yard barefoot field goals. But I, I think there's two things that uh, he's going to have to show that, that he can consistently kick. I would say 55. yard. I mean, 60 is great. And, and occasionally, you know, towards the end of the half and all that. But but teams, because if you miss a field goal, a team gets it at the 45, whatever it is. So where they the ball is spotted. Uh-huh. So a lot of times, depending on situation, teams really aren't. Uh, kicking fifty more than fifty five yards yeah. consistently, but yeah. fifty five, fifty four, fifty three, fifty two, yep. they are. Yeah. And and so I think if he can prove he can kick fifty five yards plus, if he needs to kick a sixty, he can kick a sixty. The other thing is, he's got to be able to kick off when we saw him take over those duties from Kunak towards the end of the year. We saw him get the ball in the end zone, but now he's got to do it from the thirty five yard line, right? Now now he's got to back up five yards. Can he drive the ball out of the end zone? Because in, unless a punter. Is, is picking up those duties. It's down to two guys that's going to kick off. And those two things, can he kick 55 yards consistently? Does he have the range to get to 60? I would say yes to both those. If he is asked as a part of the duty to kick off, that's the second part of the job. And, again, some teams have a strong leg punter that they just let roll out. I mean, Tennessee Titans for years at Craig Hendrick, uh, Hendrick was the punter who did the kickoff duties because his leg was, was uh, just that now. He was a wild man on field goals. And every once in a while towards uh, the end of his career, sometimes they put him out there for the longer 50, 57, 58-yard field goals. And, and inside of that, they really they used their traditional field goal kicker. So you could see that. So I would think J.J. would probably have spent some time not just field goal kicking but just making sure, hey, that he can drive the ball to the end zone or out, you know, out of the back of the end zone from the 35-yard line as opposed to that because I think that's the two things they're going to look at, consistency from 55 and in. Can he drive by the end zone on a kickoff? 
and then maybe eh, how far can he go out. But I would say if he's knocking down 55 yards with consistency and distance, they're not real concerned about putting him at, at the midfield to see if he can knock it down. I think they would put him through some drills that would be around the 50, you know 45-yard line or so, be a 55-yarder. I think he is very deserving of the award. Hope he gets it and hope he gets the chance that we're talking about because he's done great things here and it'd be a good guy too. Just exciting to see him go on to that next level. Southern Conference notes on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to Santos and Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Dashing down the street with candles all aflame By car, by horse, by feet Hooray for holiday games Very small and bright A scratchable delight What fun it is to play and give Holiday games tonight Holiday games, holiday games Holiday instant games Oh, what fun they are to play Throughout the holidays Give the gift of holiday instant games Only from the Tennessee Lottery Game-changing fun Please play responsibly Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Every year, the family counts on you to make the holidays happen, so enjoying them yourself can sometimes be a struggle. Thankfully, Food City's here to help. Convenient services like curbside pickup, fresh baked goods, in-house butchers, made-to-order deli trays, and more mean less time preparing and more time sharing. So go ahead, trim the tree, deck the halls, or dash through snow. Whatever your holiday traditions, make the most of them. Food City, how the holidays happen. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher, Sandoz in the sidekick. Next segment is Crazy Coach. Got good stuff for him to talk about. This segment on Thursdays, we'll try to talk a little Southern Conference basketball. Today focusing in on the men's side of things, and there's a lot of notes to get to, and I'm going to rattle off some notes, get Mike Gallagher's thoughts. I'll uh, throw in a few as well. But uh, obviously we've talked about it this week, but the Paladins uh, affirming getting their first national ranking in school history, the first time since Davidson in December 15, 2008, and they were number 22. That was the last time. Now, they were in there for a while and then dropped out, but that was the last time Southern Conference team has been in the rankings about a decade, or it is a decade, right? So uh, a decade almost to the date. Um, When last time Southern Conference was in there, they're off to an 8-0 start. They've been two Final Four teams we've talked about on this show, a little Chicago, Villanova. Here's the amazing stat, though, and I want your thoughts on this. They've won 15 of their last 16 games, dating back to last season, and they've won their last 14 regular season contests. So where they may be a sleeping giant towards the end of the season, and maybe we didn't recognize that they were on the upward swing, 
but now they fully uh, have kind of reached their potential. I always wonder about that because you've got, you know, seven months between games, and you wonder if that belief and that momentum, quote-unquote, carries from one season to the next. And it seems implausible, right? But there is something to be said for the belief that players have once they do come together as a unit. And, and like, I mean, we've talked about they've got a lot of play, uh, pieces back, and so a lot of the guys that are contributing uh, are guys that were on those teams. So I wonder with the mindset of players going into the offseason, the conversations that go on in the locker room of, hey, guys, I mean, look what we can do. Let's go out, work hard, show that that was not just a flash in the pan, come back and get a start like this and you're nationally ranked. I don't want to say there's a direct correlation, right? It's hard to say indisputably uh, and indelibly that for sure that had something to do with it. But I, I definitely think that it's an underrated thought from media, from those outside a program on what a few wins at the end of a season can do inside a program, especially when you have a returning core. And let's just also talk about Furman and the fact that Davidson is probably the one team over this millennium as far as mid-majors that stands out above the rest, in my opinion. Now, they didn't make the Final Four run like a George Mason did. They didn't go to the championship game and almost rim in a three to tie against Duke like Butler did. There's a lot of teams that got further. But there was not a team that I thought captured the imagination in terms of explosive offensive play and what a basketball fan, a certain type of basketball fan, really loves to see like Steph Curry and Davidson did because Curry was what he was. Uh, so I think that you put this Furman team with their start in the same conversation with Davidson, and that says a ton about what they've been able to accomplish. And, it's not, and I think because Curry's a little guy, and, and in the scheme of the world, he's like 6'2", so he's not little. But in a basketball course, right? world, he's certainly a little skinny kid at that point in time that was able not just to, to shoot the ball incredibly uh, efficient, but he was getting to the rim in some yeah. of those games. And it, and what also helped him out was the fact that it seemed like Gus Johnson had every single one of those games. <laughs> so Gus is just uh, uh, blowing them up and making it uh, – yes, he does. Makes it more exciting to watch and follow. And, and I, th I thought it was an uh, interesting run. That, that Davidson was was able to have and do under him. And then it got to the point where I think it was Jimmy Pastos who was coaching uh, one of the Maryland teams, uh, whatever it was, but, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore maybe. And then he ran the double team against Curry the whole game. So they got beat by 30, but Curry didn't score. And I remember Bob McKellop being so mad about that because he was like, we're not even playing basketball. Like, like you're just putting two guys. I put Steph Curry in the corner, and we're playing four on three, and you got to be about 30. I don't know what you accomplished on it. But that's what type of game changer Steph Curry was, and that was right after that run. And then they got hosed by not getting in the tournament, even though they won like 28 games. So, And you talk about him being a littler guy. He was kind of individually the epitome of what March Madness is all about, right? It's a little guy at a little school, and – going up against all the big giants and slaying, you know, Goliath over and over. And obviously, again, did not make the George Mason run, the Loyola Chicago run, uh, teams of that ilk. But I don't know. That's in my mind at least, and I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but certainly a team that stands out for me above all the others in terms of mid-majors over this millennium of teams that made an impact and stick in my mind history-wise. Well, since I hated Davidson with every ounce of my <laughs> being, I'm going to say no. Okay. But, that's, uh, but, again, that was because uh, each issue played meaningful games in basketball. You know, the, the I've always talked talked about this the the schools ETSU really hated was 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 Marshall obviously Chattanooga App State that was more football related in basketball there were other teams that that you know again Chattanooga was certainly the number one rival in basketball uh you know Davidson was another one College of Charleston got in there because they all played meaningful games to see who's going to go to the tournament who's right. going to who's going to go um uh, represent the Southern Conference. So, uh, you know, and speaking of representing the Southern Conference, you know, three teams in the College Insider top 25, obviously Gonzaga and Buffalo 1-2. Furman uh, moves up to three as far as that goes. Wofford up to five. UNCG dropped a spot uh, to six. And, and, and they lost to number 10 Kentucky, for goodness sakes. It was a, a tie ball game, I think, with about six minutes to go. In that one, then I think a better number. So, and I love the College Insider uh, Top 25, but the big stat this season has been that NET ranking, right? That net ranking it's supposed to be replacing the RPI. Well, SoCon has five teams in the top 100. That comes out every Tuesday. Furman 46, Wofford 54, UNCG 56, the Bucks at 88, and Citadel now cracks the top wow. 100 at 97. Individually speaking, five Southern Conference players were named the Lou Henson Award. That's presented to the top mid-major player in Division One, Matt Rafferty from Furman, 
Francis Alazo, James Dickey from UNCG, uh, Cameron Jackson, Fletcher McGee of Wofford. The senior class award candidate was Zane Najdawi. There's 30 nominees across the, the nation there. For the male side, there's a male and female award. Then we get into um, – uh, some rebounding numbers. So ETSU had that monster 64 rebound game, right? They now share the Division One lead with 432 total rebounds, second in rebounding margin with a 15 plus 15.1. That's a man. Richard Jr., Jerome Rodriguez, 13 in that contest. He's second in all of Division One rebounding with 12. Still shocking, all those numbers considering they did not win the rebound battle, lost by double digits to Wofford. Yeah, and Jerome Rodriguez is someone I'd like to talk about a little bit simply because I've been just so impressed with his skill set. And, you know, I'm not somebody that's hanging out at practice every day and last year or, uh, you know, or over the off season, you know, when he was able to get back on the court after his injuries, I, I didn't know what he had. Uh, I knew that Steve Forbes was very high on him, and we've talked before about how he said that uh, Jerome could be the best player on this team. And it turns out right now, I mean, if you rank ETSU Buccaneers on this team, I think Jerome Rodriguez has been, at least in terms of consistency, right at the top of the list. I'm not sure he's got the flash or um, is going to be a guy that goes for 25 or 30. Uh, that's more, you know, probably a Trey Boyd or uh, even an Isaiah Tisdale. Isaiah Tisdale probably isn't going to take the amount of shots to get there, but he's very efficient with his shots, so you never know with him either. But Jerome, a guy that can take you off the dribble. You know, I mean, he can work from 20 feet away and will go inside and finish at the rim, but uh, he's also someone, while he can show that kind of st- – quote-unquote stretch four type of ability he grinds inside and he gets those rebounds and he will clear the boards for you time and time again and I'm not sure I ever would have envisioned a stat like that you know ETSU uh, being as high as they are rebounding wise I think that Milad Narmus you know does a good job inside uh, pairing Rodriguez with him but I mean at some point that's got to be a full team effort right if you're going to have that stat as yeah. a team uh, you can be led by Jerome Rodriguez but there's a ton of other guys getting inside too yeah and, and, and it guards too I mean if nothing else right it did you get first of all, you get 64 rebounds. Not one guy's going to get you to, to that plateau. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you're, you're going to have to get that going. So uh, good numbers for uh, ETSU as a team. Some individual numbers. Bubba Parham, and here's our second Steph Curry reference today. We'll have three or four, but our second one is Bubba Parham scored at least 30 points in four straight contests. Now that's the first player to do so since Steph Curry did it, November 27th through the 20. Fourth, also in 2008. Western Carolina's Carlos Dotson last week, how about this, averaged 21 points, 15 rebounds for two games. Uh, he had 14 points, 16 boards in that loss at Wake Forest. They actually led by one with a minute 10 to go. Wake Forest went on a 9-1 run. And then Western Carolina went to Furman, led by four with 38 seconds to go, ended up losing by uh, two in double overtime. Uh, matter of fact, Kingsport native uh, Mark Halverson actually had a shot to win that game at the end of first overtime and didn't do it. Dotson had 27 and 14 in that. Now overtime, let's talk about that. Furman's three and zero this season. They've got a win over Gardner Webb in overtime, the uh, over Villanova, and now a double overtime win over Western Carolina. So sometimes they're eight and zero. Right, got to have things like that happen. SoCon teams, eight of the ten teams over 500 this season. SoCon teams at home. 36 and 5. That's why it's always important, right? Get those home games. You always hear that all the time. Uh, a couple more, and we'll uh, get the crazy coach. Furman, senior forward, Matt Rafferty's fourth in the SOCON in scoring with uh, 19 points a game, second in rebounds, 9.5, just past Jeremy Rodriguez, third in assists with four and a half. He's also fourth in steals with two per game, and in block shots, he's fourth. So uh, there are only five players in the league that even rank in the top 15 in three of those categories. One of those is Cameron Jackson. He's top 15 in four. Rafferty is uh, in all five of those categories in the in the top 15. And not only that, he's in the top five of all five of those categories. Citadel ranks first in no shock. Uh, scoring offense, 100 points per game and three-pointers made per contest, 15. I know they've slowed it down a little bit, but they're certainly still shooting the ball well. 23 threes, a school record in the win uh, against High Point, in which wow. I, I thought that would be a tight contest. They won 112-87. to 87. So Citadel kind of proving everybody right that they could be a team to watch out for in the league. Two more quick notes. Jordan Lyons had 54 points against North Greenville, the most by any Division One player since Jody Meeks of Kentucky had 54 in 2009. And our final Steph Curry reference of the day, Wofford's uh, Fletcher McGee is the leading active scorer in the SOCON. He has 1,950 points to his credit. 
McGee has scored a school record 751 points last year. Needs 349 more points to enter the SoCon's top ten. McGee is also chasing Davidson and Steph Curry for the career three-point record with 384. Curry had 414, so he's just 30 behind. Just a guess he'll get there. Uh, and he's 13 away from overtaking College of Charleston's uh, Andrew Godlock. Uh, Godlock at 396 is second. McGee is 24th in the Division One, all of Division One. Curry was ninth, and uh, Godlock was 16th. So a chance there, and he's got a chance still to 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 be uh, if he stays on his average, he's got a shot and he gets a couple postseason games underneath his belt. He's got a shot to be the all-time leading three-point shooter in all of Division One history. Top five scoring teams in the country: number five, North Carolina; number four, Duke; number three, FIU; number two, Gonzaga; number one. Citadel. Citadel. <laughs> 103 points per game. The only team averaging above 100. And Duke, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. That's pretty good company. Yeah, yeah. Citadel fits right in and just rolls off the tongue, right? So, <laughs> right. All right, what's we'll up, out for a timeout? Crazy Coach will talk to us. we got some good sound bites for him this week for him to break down. Sandos and the sidekick. Don't forget to download us. iTunes, SoundCloud, subscribe to RSS feed. Every time we do an upload, then you'll be notified that the show is up. We'll be back with more on the Buccaneers. Where's Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Nothing says breakfast like maple syrup. And nothing says breakfast any time of day like Wendy's new bacon maple chicken sandwich. Applewood smoked bacon, juicy chicken, sweet maple glaze on a croissant bun. It gives you all the great breakfast flavors when you're awake enough to enjoy them. So stop by Wendy's and enjoy the bacon maple chicken sandwich whenever you want. Participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. The ETSU Coaches Show, back on Mondays for the basketball season. After leading their teams to the Southern Conference Championship game last year, Steve Forbes and Brittany Izell return to Wild Wing Cafe every Monday night to chat with Voice of the Bucks' Jay Sandos about the quest to get their squads to the NCAA tournament. Every Monday through early March, make sure to tune in at 6 p.m. to hear from the heads of ETSU men's and women's basketball right here on WXSM AM 640, the Extreme Sports Monster. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. A red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? 
you play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block him, but we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Oh, crazy coach. Jay Santos, Mike Gallagher, joined by our crazy man. Uh, and, you know, due to popular belief, I've had people ask, is that crazy coach and all the sound bites? It is not. It is not. Those are actually other coaches. But uh, I could see where he relates to a lot of those coaches. Pretty famous coaches. Would you say you're on the level of fame, crazy coaches, some of those coaches are? You know, I'm not on that level. Thank no, you're not on that level. That's a show. Well, you, you know some of those coaches, though. I, I know the one at the very end, and this is why we put that soundbite at the very end. I believe that's uh, Stan Van yeah. Gundy, and uh, I was told by a source close to the situation that you are very familiar with Coach Van Gundy. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I go way back about, uh, let's see, at least 35 years. Crazy. Wow. And I thought wow. we were both young coaches. And, and, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Van Gundy is a huge baseball fan, is oh. he not? Huge baseball fan, and uh, also, and I've never really confirmed it, but uh, you remember the, the first rapper, Chris LaRock? Yeah. Just, uh, old, one of the early rappers. He actually mm-hmm. played hoops for Sam Van Gundy. Huh. So ties on Crazy that? Coach to the, the genre too? of the day. Yeah, how about that? could have won some money on that. So. Yeah, Stan, the, one of my favorite uh, segments ever is uh, years ago when he started micing up the coaches during the media timeouts, and you could listen to Stan. So I feel like he always – like a lot of coaches, I feel like don't don't say anything or could say or I could say what they say. But there's a lot of times where I think he brings a little levity and humor uh, to to his timeouts. For an example, he would he would say, some guys, we're, do, we're doing great on the – on the offensive end, but you do realize if we don't stop anybody, we can't win the game. Like, you do realize that, guys, right? Like, we have to get a stop sometime. Like, I enjoy that he uses a little bit of levity and humor, and and, and he's not just screaming at people. Well, he will scream at you, but his he's he's like a sharp, uh, one of those guys who's going to cut you without really taking it personal, but you feel like it's personal. You're like, dang you know what he just said? He just said, my guy's going to get 50 points. You know, it's those kind of things that uh, <laughs> if you've ever been one of his practices, you'd really, really love it. So it was uh, it was fun. Uh, it's been great to know him. And uh, every now and then, yeah, we'll check in with each other. So he's a great guy. Crazy Coach, we've got a couple sound bites for you. I have a feeling you may be familiar with the first man that we've brought to the show for you in your segment that airs every week, obviously, at this time on Santos on the Sidekick of the Buccaneer Sports Network. Roy Williams, he's a legend. He's done it at a lot of different schools. He's had tremendous success. I would certainly say one of the people most synonymous with winning and coaching in college basketball in my time, but he was not happy after the Michigan game last week. Played a heck of a lot better than we did. They coached a heck of a lot better than we did. It's... uh very frustrating right now as a coach I feel like I've done the worst job with this team in 31 years as a head coach the most frustrated I've ever been so the job that the head coach is doing with this team right now we stink guys I got no positive things if you want some positive things you better go out and find somebody on the street because I got no positive for me no positives for my team it was because they stunk it up everyone stunk it up and so did I Guys, I've coached for 31 years. Right now, my coaching sucks. How? If I knew, I'd already fixed the damn thing. Right now, crazy coach, Roy Williams coaching sucks. What does it mean when you've been coaching for 31 years, it's the most frustrated you've ever been, and you recognize, you look in the mirror and say, boy, you are just a terrible coach. Do you get in a rut? Are there coaching ruts that you can get in, much like a baseball slump where you go like two for 38, or if you're in a shooting slump and you hit like one of your 23s and you're absolutely awful? In coaching, is there a comparison you can make to that? Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, you run the same system for so many years and uh, you think you're doing right and all of a sudden the guys you're coaching are not picking up on the way you're coaching it. So you got to sort of check yourself saying, wait, you know, maybe, I mean, the system's good because obviously he's got like, you know, what does he got? I think he's got three, maybe four national championships. So the system's good, but for some reason – this group is not connecting with him, and uh, 
you know, I had a uh, – this is, this is uh, just to get off on a different thing like that. I had an incredible conversation with the football coach along those lines at Coastal Carolina where he brought his group in, his players in every year. Every year, in the beginning of the year, he gives them a test. And the test is not on football, not on anything but how each player learns. So he, he, his whole thing was every group that comes in, they may learn different. So I need to know how they learn so I can adjust my coaching. And maybe that's something the you know, coach can try. Uh, like I said, he wins. And he's been winning for a long time, but for some reason, he's not connecting with the players, and they're not connecting with him right now. I, I read, I read into that coach as saying it's going to be a very tough day for the players, and when the coach sucks, that's going to suck for practice, and they are not going to enjoy themselves <laughs> the next couple. Of days. That's what I read into that. Well, sometimes you, you know you want practice to be much harder than the games, and maybe that's not been going on. Um, but again, he, he, you got to give coach credit. He looked in the mirror and said, look, I'm in charge of this ship and I better get it going straight. And, uh, if they're not picking up on it, I got to be the one to make sure it's changed. And, uh, I'm sure, uh, I would have liked to have been at the next couple practices because they've probably been a little different than the previous practices. Crazy coach, I'm not sure if you're very familiar with or have an opinion on the college football playoff. We had an extended conversation on it yesterday and also talked with it with our mystery guest Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM College Sports Radio. We had a team left out that certainly felt like they should have gotten in, and maybe there were more than one of those teams, but the team that came in number five in the college football playoff rankings, of course, four get in, had this to say after his team's loss in the SEC championship game. We knew what we had, and we knew we got a good football team. We've got a really physical football team. We've got a talented football team, and we most definitely have one of the best four teams in the country. It boils down to one thing. Do you want the four best teams in or not? That's that, it's that simple. You know, they sat at home last year and got to go in the game while everybody was beating each other up, and they had a good football team. Give, give that coach across the sideline a vote who he doesn't want to play. And it'll start with us. But I promise you he don't want to play us. That's Kirby Smart pounding on the table. Nick Saban does not want to play us, even though about an hour earlier he had played Georgia, and Georgia had lost to Nick Saban's team. But crazy coach, this is applicable to any sport, really, and especially collegiate sports that have a selection committee process. And, of course, the four teams that got in, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama, those are the four selected for the college football playoff. But in basketball as well, it was 64 teams for a long time. Now it's 68 teams, the at-large bids, and really – what is the college football playoff system? It's four at-larges. Uh, there's always going to be people with the opinion that they deserve to be in. Your thoughts on the selection process in both college basketball and college football, and can you relate to the feeling about being jobbed and not getting into the postseason in college athletics? Well, I think it's, it's uh, again, the number one thing is the money is what's driving all this. So they can figure out uh, how it change that billion to two billion by adding four teams, they'll do it quick. But I think if you look at it, the NCAA basketball tournament is almost perfect in the number of teams it allows uh, allows into the tournament. I mean it's it's sixty eight and there's the hype going on and there's still but if you look at sixty eight, sixty nine Number 69 is saying the same thing that Coach Smart just said. It's always going to be the first guy left out is going to have the same opinion. But, uh, again, I think college football, uh, I mean, it's simple to go to eight. I mean, you know, they're going to say, well, you know, we don't want to miss in, you know, so much school. And of all the athletes on campus, especially in big-time football, they miss the least amount of class time of anybody. Uh, if Division three and Division two in one double A, they can play – they have a 16 or – I mean, think Division three might even have a 32-team playoff, and they can miss that many weekends. Why can't the guys uh, miss a, one more – Who can I charter mean, jets and get back and forth? Leave. They leave Friday afternoon. 
football, they leave Friday afternoon, you know. So, Co- <laughs> Coach, my point uh, has been – uh, uh, we talked about this yesterday, and you've said, and we did not, I don't think you heard yesterday's show, but you've said about everything we've said. My biggest thing is, one, like you said, that the, the missed class time's not even close to other sports. Number two, they've got more tutors than all those other ones. Number three, they're going to charter a flight. There are still teams in NAI that will bus 20 hours to a game. The, the big boys are going to fly in and get on a plane and fly right back out. There is a, there is no no way about it. And the 69th team, and I know it's fun to talk about that, but when they when they tip it up, they're really not talking about that team anymore. And the team that wins the NIT, great. Nobody ever looks at them and goes, boy, they would have won that NCAA if they had been there. Like So so it's good you know, fodder for, for whatever. What I'm saying is, if and I would like 16 because that's about what everything is. Everything in NCAA, the whole point is, if you can win your league, you get a shot for a national championship. Except in college football, which is this mythical, people are going to quote unquote watch games, right, and then say who's better and who's not. But in reality, I've never known. Uh, you know, I would. What can you imagine if the NCAA tournament just said in basketball, well, we're just going to pick these four teams. We've got 30 games. We've got more games. To, to really see who the top four are and everybody else, just, just uh, I'm sorry, but you're out. I mean, it's just ludicrous to me that that is it. And then the, the Kirby Smart will just ask the coach across the way, why would he be afraid of you? I mean, hasn't he beaten you the last several times you played? I mean, I don't what, what is and he worried about? just 30 minutes earlier. Yeah, what, what, what is he worried about? <laughs> I, I don't – it's gr- it's great. And, listen, it, unfortunately for that sport, right, that's what you have to do. You have to politic. You have to say whatever it is. But to me, if you just lost – with a chance to play your way in. Don't cry about it now. But because let me ask you this, if you would have beaten Alabama, would you have been saying, well, yeah, you know, we should let Alabama in, or would you say, no, we just beat them. They're out. That was that was a one-game playoff. So it's amazing to me how how that goes uh, I like how college. crazy coach like the eight playoff system, 18 playoff system. That uh, sounds perfect to me too. Uh, just what I said yesterday, Jay Sandoz. I said 16. And, and, the reason, <laughs> and the reason I said 16 is because at, there, at least everybody that won their conference is in, that's 10 in football, you could say 11 because Notre Dame doesn't have a conference, but if they want enough, let's be honest, they're going to be in. And then you have five or six, depending on if Notre Dame's having a down year, five or six teams, you get an at-large. And, yes, the 17th team would be mad, but I don't think anybody thinks the 17th team could win it all. But let's be honest, right now the fifth team could have won it all. I would say the sixth and seventh team could probably win it all. Once you get past – 16, I say no, and I know uh, the FCS uh, decided to go to 24, and it's 28 at Division Two, and it's 32 on the NAI level, but I, I still think it's easily to go to 16. That way, all leagues get, and I know it's not everybody gets a trophy, but in every other level of NCAA, every conference champion or whatever the determining factor is, they get into uh, the the championship and a chance to win a true national championship, as opposed to what I say that FBS is just a mythical because it's who we think uh, should be there, and uh, the eyeball test is fine, but name recognition goes a long way in in some of those determining factors, right, wrong, and different. And sometimes what you've done in the past earns you more right than what you maybe have deserved. But I think if you had more teams, and I would be fine with eight, I would like sixteen, but I think everyone would agree. That if you got eight and all the the conference champions had a chance, each conference or or at least the conference, like let's just say the Big Ten had uh, everyone had two and three losses. Okay, well maybe they don't get somebody in there that could open a door for somebody else. But as long as the conference champion was, was uh, worthy, you could put those conference champions in in the Power Five, and then you could still have some at large. Yep, I go with eight. But uh, right. also, there's one thing that we were talking about: missed school time. Look yes. at all the people in the big five conferences. They basically only have four road games. They're, they're like all eight and four, and they play they play eight home games. It's amazing. I mean, uh, football should do like college basketball and do some of those. Uh, you know, have the big, you know, the Big Ten SEC one game challenge every year. You know, like college basketball does. That 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 would be a great game instead of playing. Yeah, there, you know, there, the other than hurt. a few, other than a few kickoff classics, right? There's a couple, couple of those a year yeah. where uh, you know, I, uh, was it Washington and Auburn was an example this year. So, so you get a couple of those, but it's not widespread. I know that there was some talk that the Big Ten tried to start one up with other leagues, and all the other leagues kind of balked at it. And again, I think. 
because of the the way the bowl system is set up, the way they've just done their postseason, coaches are more concerned with keep and rightfully so, right? It's their livelihood. They're more concerned with keeping their jobs and and playing a a lesser uh, you know team that they can buy to come play to try to pick up a win is is more important than. Than, than trying to get in the playoffs or, or whatever it is. Because, it's you know, if you're a, a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten or SEC, ACC, you know, why, why wouldn't you try to play somebody in – so if you're in North Carolina State, why wouldn't you try to play, you know, Charlotte and East Carolina and all that and maybe not play two, two teams that, that aren't in your league? You know, why would you schedule those? I mean, I, the incentive's not there. Now, if they go to eight – and 16 and there's a playoff system to me the incentive is there because now now you do need to make sure that you're you're scheduling a couple of those games the other the other part i find always found crazy uh coaches is, is in football you schedule out seven to eight years in advance well you may try to schedule let's say you schedule oklahoma right now and, and they're obviously rocking and rolling and um just got in the playoffs and all that good fun stuff. But what about in six, seven years? There's some turmoil. Now it's not a good game, and you spend all that effort to get them as a as a good home and home. And and now they're a four and eight team, and you get penalized for it. So I always found the scheduling in football just very odd. Well, you know, because people there's so many more like basketball. You're used to playing thirty games. Football is a, is an event every weekend. So it's such different. Uh, mentality to the scheduling. So, but again, you could do the same thing we were just talking about doing a Big Ten SEC challenge, and you, and you just got to clear out one weekend. But you might not know until the beginning of the year who's coming, you know, who's going where, who's going, you know. So, it can happen if they want it to happen. <laughs> All right, coach, we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. It'll be our uh, final week. We'll take a little Christmas break after next week and get with you on the new year. But one more week with you. Well, that, that was a little too deep, man. Why are we talking football? I thought we were talking basketball. You know, we're talking basketball right now. Let's get basketball. You know? We're, we're, get we're get... Basketball. Come on. you got to find our... some guys talking about basketball. You know, Roy Williams. I mean, let's get off this football rank. What are we, playoff what? people? We're talking playoffs? Yeah. Oh. yeah, but in fairness, right. we were trying to get you to bash football to say basketball is better. Oh, without doubt it is. I mean, look, <laughs> all you got to do is look at numbers. Everybody's saying, hey, you know, football brings you this money. Well, CBS played, what, a couple billion, ten billion for ten years? They yeah. gave, then they went, you know, 12 million for like ten years for football. So, what, right there, you know. Let's bring out some numbers. Come on. Yeah, do that? More, more playoff games equal more money. I think it's pretty simple math. If, if, if you guys would really have 16 teams in there, then you guys would really have nothing to talk about. Now oh, we'd, well, listen, there'd still be plenty. We had plenty to talk about in FCS. People didn't get in, what seeds they were. There's, there's always something to talk about in sports, crazy coach. Yeah, it's, it's a great life. All right, fellas. All right, buddy. We'll see you, coach. All right, that's Crazy Coach segment. When we come back, Trey Adams, one, two, three. Four down. Downs right after this timeout. Send him a sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory-smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. 
purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision. To deliver on our promise of great service you can count on. Embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge. New name. Renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Trey Adams dancing in the studio as we speak. Well, we got to figure out the uh, once we transition fully. We got to figure four out four quarters. The, four. Are you gonna go quarters? We go quarters. It's gonna sound stupid, and that's the idea of this show in the first place. It'll be very to sound stupid. Yes. <laughs> well, we got that down pat if that's the point of the show. Well, Trey, Jay has left you about uh, three minutes because of his 17-minute-long college football playoff rant. Your thoughts? Hey, let's go rapid fire. First okay. down. Will Steve Forbes wear a Star Wars sweater this Saturday for Star Wars night? Well, Jeff Goodman were here. We'd say, uh, or he'd say that he'd wear all orange and a jumpsuit. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly. He looked like a pumpkin. Yes, I think that's. Was that the quote? I think that was. Yeah, yes. Close to the quote. Um, I don't think so, though. I believe he could pull it off. He does have that weird ETSU Christmas sweater. It's got all the Argyle stuff on it. Okay. um, Would you uh, count that as a Star Wars sweater? uh, Would not. So I'm going to say no. Second down. Uh, staying with ETSU men's basketball, they play UT Martin this Saturday at Freedom Hall, 4 o'clock. Uh, who, will, who will have more? More rebounds by Milan Armis or more threes made by the entire team? For Milan Armis or Jerome Rodriguez? Milan Armis. Milan Armis. So, Ar- okay. so, okay, okay, so put that in perspective. Armis is averaging eight and a half rebounds. The Bucks are hitting 7.63s okay. a game. That's a good So, uh, a I like that. But, yeah. but, well, because Rodriguez is like 12 threes. The Bucks have only hit 10 in a game. So, you'd automatically, I think, say Rodriguez. But I like that one. Armis? Armis, right? Uh, uh, because, no, no. Rodriguez is averaging 12. Armis right. is averaging. But we're asking eight. about Armis. Yeah, you're asking right. about Armis, which is eight and a half rebounds. And as a team, so I see they're the having seven Because Rodriguez is an easy choice. Yeah, saying, right? yeah. Everyone would take Rodriguez. Right. All right, I think they would. It would be the safer play. I'm going. I'll tell you what. Uh, UT Martin's a team that takes a lot of long shots, so I think it'll be tough to maybe some of the inside guys to grab those rebounds. So I'm going to go more made threes. I'm going to go with more rebounds because ETSU had a bad rebounding day against Wofford. Uh, I'm thinking that they're going to rebound in a literal and figurative sense. I'm, I'm not really counting the Reinhardt game simply because sure. it was what it was, 107 to 60. But thinking they've been working on it, thinking Steve Forbes has been getting after him a bit about hitting the glass more and being more the pre-Wofford team than the, uh, the team we saw on Saturday. So give me rebounds over threes. Third down. All right. So I know Jay's a big Army guy this Saturday. Army, Navy, give me your score prediction. 
Uh, Army 1042, <laughs> Navy <laughs> 0. Now I'm going to go uh, 2410 Army. This is always one of my favorite games of the year simply because it is it kind of has the landscape by itself, right? And it's America's The smartest game thing they did was move it off the championship weekend. Yes, absolutely. And so everyone can focus their attention because we are a football-hungry country on that. And I don't know what the score is going to be. I don't know anything about the teams. I will watch. I'm excited to do so. Sandos knows more about the actual teams themselves. But uh, I think it a one-score game because it would not be right if it weren't. Fourth down. And the best down, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. Is Die Hard no, a Christmas no, movie? No, it's, it's not. not. No. I mean, it it's was. Not. Did it come out on Christmas? Is that why people ask that? Yeah, well, it came out in December, I believe. But the setting December. was he's at a Christmas party. That That's the setting. Okay. came out in December. The setting was the whole, a bunch of people. The, I mean, I, the <laughs> whole point was it was not your normal Christmas movie. That was the point of releasing it at that point. He was at a Christmas party. I mean, somebody's wearing a Santa hat at some point. It's got to count, right? Nothing for something. brightens up Christmas like a guy murdering twenty-seven people. I, I no, it's not a. It doesn't fit. A Christmas movie has to be very wholesome. Has to make you feel good. It has a good. happy ending. It has a happy. He, ending, say, he saved his uh, wife. And, but know. it doesn't make me think like, oh, what what spirit of the season? This is fantastic. December, the holidays, being with family, eating cookies, drinking milk, or whatever you do on the holidays. That's what I do on the holidays. I don't do any of that. You don't do any of that. I think you're missing out. The cookies and milk, no. Cookies no. and milk. Who doesn't love cookies? I mean, and milk? I put it out for Santa, but I don't. I don't eat that. Yeah. Well, is Santa real? Of course. Okay. Are you? No, I'm not doubting that. I'll just, I'll just I'm go just, with that on here, and we'll talk about it later. I'm just, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to get at here. What do we got tomorrow? Austin uh, Hare. Austin Hare and Grout Tree. We'll have him on the middle two segments, and then bold predictions for and, the final segment. And we'll talk ETSU men's and women's basketball yep. uh, coming up this weekend. Men host UT Martin. Women on the road at UNCA. Another edition of Sandos and the Sidekick coming up. Big thanks to Crazy Coach Trey Adams, Mike Gallagher, Jay Sandos. We'll see you tomorrow on our Friday edition of Sandos and Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.